Hello, everyone. It is 8 p.m. on the East Coast of the United States and 10 a.m. in Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane. And welcome to the live episode of A Yank on the Footy for the 3rd of August of 2020, 20, 2021. Let's try that. We're not going to start counting there. Maybe 2023 will be a little easier to do that here in the future. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am thrilled that you're listening. Just a quick apology to uh, those of you who are accustomed or have become accustomed to tuning into the uh, episodes in the evenings on Tuesdays. I apologize for pushing this one back to Wednesday morning for you, but uh, had some things going on uh, this weekend in, in my world that kind of uh, necessitated me pushing this episode back a little bit. So hopefully uh, you'll still check it out, even if you may not be able to swing by here. Got some interesting stories to dig into today. Of course, uh, the big one is uh it's it's there everybody's been talking about it we're going to continue talking about it but it is beginning to mutate and i guess you could al almost say that we have maybe a bit of a delta variant of the uh, hawthorne story that we're going to be getting into today so i'm glad like i said you could uh stop by for this episode we're going to talk about the things that went on in round 20 and uh, we'll look ahead at some of the things going into round 21 i will have a separate uh, live, uh, or not a live episode, but a separate episode with my tips for round 21. I'm going to be sitting down with uh, the biggest Western Bulldogs supporter in the Northern Hemisphere. I used to say just in, in North America, but I'm going to go ahead and go Northern Hemisphere. Uh, Fro Jernhart, uh, who lives here in the state of Florida, and he, like I said, he's a huge Bulldog supporter. He's been on the podcast before, a huge friend of the show. Uh, Frode and I have uh, spoken many, many times online. He was a guest. Uh, you know, I, I reached out to him a couple of days ago to see if he might be interested in coming on doing the tips, and he said he'd be thrilled to do so. So we'll see how those end up going. Now, before we dive into the episode, I did want to announce the team of the round. They are the Coburg Lions, and the Lions were formed way back in 1891, and they play in the local competitions, or they played in the local competitions until 1924, when they were admitted into the Victorian Football Association. And in 1925, the same year as Footscray, North Melbourne, and Hawthorne joining the VFL. The Burgers play their home games at Piranha Park, the Coburg City Oval in the suburbs north of Melbourne. And I'll put a link to both of those, or put a couple links there, including their website and their Instagram page on uh, the show notes there. And I had intended to use the Coburg Lions as my club of the episode for episode 100, but I made a little bit of a, I, I switched that around because uh, I decided to use the uh, Cincinnati Dockers as the club of the episode there, a uh, member of the USAFL. Now that's, a, you know, again, if you haven't listened to episode 100 yet, I strongly encourage you to do that because this uh, was a very unique episode. I had, um, Somebody reach out to me and, uh, well, I'll just tell you because you, you're going to know, uh, Harper Pestinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast suggested to me about a month ago as I was getting close to episode 100, he said, well, why don't we uh, kind of turn the tables a little bit and uh, I take over your show for an episode and interview you. And I thought, well, that's a rather unique idea. So we talked a little bit about it and uh, I turned it over to him. I set up the Zoom call and we uh, we just went and it was uh, it was a great uh, great experience. 
a lot of fun. I, uh, if you haven't listened to it uh, and you're at all curious about why this old man who's kind of shaped like a footy ball uh, has fallen in love with this game, what's he all about? This episode dug into that a little bit. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a discussion about my background, where I'm from, that type of thing. Uh, what led me to becoming a footy fan. There were some, I don't want to say family secrets, but things that uh, were brought up during the episode that I, that I mentioned as well uh, that I had never mentioned, I don't think really in public very often or to too many people over the years. So it was in many ways kind of a cathartic event for me up until the, uh, the quiz, which I failed miserably at, and I should have gotten one of the questions I knew one of the questions and I'm still kicking myself for getting it wrong. And uh, again, I hope you'll check that one out. But again, best of luck to the uh, the Burgers. Hopefully they've got their season started back up. I know they've been shut down for a while. I hope they're back out there playing. You know, we're going to go ahead and dive into this round. And this round was kind of interesting because there wasn't much of a change at the top of the ladder, but it sure seems like the uh, the – middle of the ladder, basically from, you know, the seventh spot down through about 13 seems to be in a pretty significant state of flux uh, to the point where you, you wonder if anybody really wants one of those spots. And I actually saw a couple of articles that said, maybe we should only have six clubs in the finals this year. Well, they're not going to do that, of course, because they're not going to change the rules on that. Are they? No, they won't do that. But, you know, you, you've got some, you know, you've got some clubs that, that have been in the top eight for a significant amount of time who are seemingly continuing to push themselves further down on the ladder and may push themselves completely out of the aid, which we'll get into here uh, either in this episode, or we may talk about that in the live episode. Um, and I'm looking at you West coast Eagles, because I'm not sure you actually want to stay in the eight. It doesn't seem that way. Some days it does. Some days it does not. But some of the things that, uh, you know, that I was really impressed with this week. Okay. Some of the uh, performances that I saw that were outstanding and I'm not going to get to all of them, but just a few things that really jumped out at me. Um, you know, there were some great, some great wins. You know, it was great to see, you know, you know Hawthorne, uh, unless you're a Brisbane supporter, it's great to see Hawthorne get a, uh, an upset win. You know, I, and I think Hawthorne could become a very uh, dangerous club here. These last three rounds, because uh, as we'll get into it here in just a moment, you know, Clarko is going to be leaving the club at the end of the season, not at the end of next season, which this whole thing just seemed really strange. You know, I know that it was done. Uh, wasn't it done with Essendon last year? Yeah, I think it was done with Essendon last year. And, uh, you know, Ben Rutten has, has done a nice job uh, in his position, but it just seemed really awkward um, last year with the way things went. But, you know, I think Hawthorne is going to play their butts off despite all the distractions that are going on. They're going to play their butts off for their senior coach who's who's heading out after this year um, for a number of reasons. One, because I think they want to send him out, you know, winning as many games as possible. But two, is any club that's, you know, that's outside the eight or any player that that might be on the periphery of a list, they're wanting to, you know, play themselves into a position where they're going to either get themselves a you know, a contract with uh, with their club again, or hopefully, you know, showcase themselves to possibly get picked up by another club should they be delisted. And uh, 
it was just really nice to see Hawthorne, you know, keep things interesting and, and help to keep the, uh, the, the ladder in flux, even though the first five clubs did not move at all. Now I do have to say one other thing about that game. It was great to see Micaiah Cockatoo back on the ground for the first time in, in basically three years in an AFL, uh, regular season contest. You know, for those of you that don't know, I, I became a cat supporter based upon having watched Nakaya Cockatoo playing the game uh, back in 2017 uh, into 2018 as I started to fall in love with the game and decided to support that club. Yeah, he just was a, a frenetic, dynamic player to me because I didn't know who anybody was as opposed to anybody else. You know, it's been a long, hard road for him to get back onto a side and get back out on the ground. So I'm thrilled that he was back out there. Again, I want him to be successful. Of course, now, unless he's playing Geelong. But uh, other than that, I want him to have a lot of success. Now, speaking of the Cats, I have to tell you, this was something that I was really, really impressed with uh, this week. And that was young Mr. Guthrie. And before you think to yourself, yeah, well, Cam did have a fantastic game. Well, he did. But I'm not talking about Cam right now. I'm talking about Zach Guthrie. Now, again, I've been watching the the, the game now for, for five basically five years. And if I'm not mistaken, Cam Guthrie has been on the Cats list for pretty much that entire time. But he's not somebody who has actually you know, picked up a lot of games on the Cats side. He'll get a game every now and then because you know, they've had a very veteran-heavy squad, and he's, he was a very young player. And he, you know, he's somebody who, you know, physically had not seemed to mature as much as... Uh, as maybe some other players and, and people would kind of joke about that. And I've made some jokes on social media about it. And, and they're, they're certainly in jest. I mean, this gentleman is a, this young man is, is a professional athlete playing at the highest level, but he came out, you know, he was a late replacement. Uh, Tom Atkins had to leave the game um, with a, uh, a bad back. His back would not loosen up for him. And they stuck Guthrie in there shortly before the first bounce. And he came out and had himself one hell of an afternoon. Now, you know, I think if you watch the Cats and, and Ruse game, you, you, it's easy to say it was a hard game to watch. It was an ugly game. It was not. A, it was not the beautiful, free flowing game of footy that that we're accustomed to seeing. It was tough to watch, but Zach Guthrie had an absolute monster game, and he. Uh, you know, he had himself 28 disposals. He had 13 marks. He had a couple of tackles. And, you know, like I said, this is this is a young man who gets uh, maligned quite frequently on uh, social media, especially in the Cats discussion boards. You know, why is he getting a game? What's he doing out there? Well, this past week, he showed why he should be out there. He played his ass off, and it was, it was impressive to see him play such a pivotal role in what was a very tight game. So very impressed by the uh, the game that Zach Guthrie had. Now, Cam Guthrie had a fantastic game as well, but Cam Guthrie has fantastic games week in and week out. Zach does not have them quite with the same frequency. So it was, gr- it was wonderful to see him, you know, make the, uh, the job of, you know, Chris Scott and ultimately the list managers more difficult. Because, you know, you, you want to f- put yourself in a position, especially at the end of the season, where you're having to decide, you know, who's going to be delisted, who's going to come back, who's not going to come back. You certainly want to be in a position where you're, you're going to have to make decisions where you're going to go, G- 
God damn it. I don't want to delist this guy, but I don't have any choice. I need to open up this spot for this draft pick. And maybe they'll, maybe they would be able to read. And I'm not saying that he is in that position, but you as a player and this, you know, this is happening in the NFL right now where, you know, NFL training camps are going on at the moment. And, uh, the teams have anywhere between 80 to 85, 90 players in training camp right now. But when they head out to the regular season, they're going to have, I believe, around 55 players, and then they'll have 10 players on a practice squad. So there's going to be about 20 to 25 players for each team that are going to find themselves unemployed. So they're having to make impressions with other clubs. So if they don't make it through training camp with Club A, they might get picked up and signed by Club B to play the season with them. So the way the rosters work in the NFL is a lot different than in the uh, in the uh, than the AFL. So very impressed with the Zach Guthrie performance. Jack Steele had another great game. I mean, this this guy's just a phenomenal young man. Thirty six disposals, five marks, fourteen tackles. I think he had uh, six assists, three block shots, and and scored seventy four points in the game. No, I'm kidding about that. But he he had a phenomenal game. Now, of course, the Saints lost to Carlton. Yeah, so even though he had a great game, he didn't uh, he didn't end up uh, you know doing you know having enough happen with his club to beat Carlton. And again, Carlton is a club that is just you know battling back, and this is a club that is making themselves a uh, um a pest, if you will, and trying to push their their own way into the top eight. And the future of that club, Sam Walsh and uh, Harry McKay. What was it? Eight goals, two, I believe they scored between the two of them. And, you know, they're both of them are becoming stars right before our eyes. You know, Makai has got himself in great position to uh, to win the Coleman medal. Um, you know, the D's, I, I have to, well, let me get to a positive before I get to a negative, okay? Andrew Brayshaw had a phenomenal game as well. This is a young man, if, you know, if you remember, this is a young man that, 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 you know, had his jaw broken in that unfortunate incident with Andrew Gaff a couple of years ago. You know, something that I'm, you know, to this day, Gaff, I'm sure still feels horrible about, you know, cost him a number, you know, I think eight games of a suspension. Uh, I believe he was actually suspended and did not win the, uh, did not get a premiership medal because of that. But Brayshaw is turning into an absolute star. And as a lot of people have stated, he's probably the future um, captain of the Dockers football club. <coughs> Excuse me. And it is a, uh, yeah, it, it was just, again, another ugly game. You know, the Fremantle Richmond game was not a b- beautiful game to watch, just like the Cats and, and Ruse game wasn't. But, uh, you know, 39 disposals and 12 tackles and five marks in a game that they had to have, they had to win this because they're, they were playing somebody else who's fighting for that exact same spot on the ladder. And they, uh, they got the win at home against the defending premiers. And this, this is a young man who is just, you know, is become becoming a star before our eyes, you know, we get a lot of press about, uh, you know, Sam Walsh, which is warranted, but is that a, is that a situation where it's more of a, a Victorian centric, uh, viewpoint on things? I don't know. Again, I'm not there, so I don't know. Um, You know, I have my alarm set there. I apologize for that. Just a moment. You might have heard that. It was just a couple seconds of the the Cats team song there. I think I shut it off. Let me make sure here. And uh, yeah, I was about ready to have it go again there. I'd set it for 20 minutes just to remind me to uh, get the show started on time so I didn't miss the 8 o'clock beginning. 
But yeah, Brayshaw, fantastic year. He is probably a future president for the club. Now, I want to get into one of the negatives of this week, and it's and it's it's one that I, I feel bad about in in many instances, and that's the uh, the the D's and uh, Gold Coast game of this past week. And you know, was this a situation where the the D's were that good, or did did Gold Coast give up? Yeah, it's just a. Uh, it was an ugly, ugly situation. They just got they they humiliated Gold Coast, and you know Gold Coast has some decent talent on that club, but it was just it was a kind of a snowball type situation or a uh, you know an avalanche situation. Once the ball starts rolling down the hill, it's going to pick up speed and it's going to pick up more and more snow and get larger and crash through the small village at the bottom of the hill. But you know I'm wondering, you know this is a. Is this something you know, you know, Stuart Dew had made so many steps forward with with the Suns? Is this kind of stumbling towards the end of the season? Is this going to be something that ends up costing him his position? Because rumor has it there's a uh, there's a highly qualified senior coach who may be looking for a job for 2022, and not to say that uh, you know. Alistair Clarkson is going to be making the move to the Gold Coast. Maybe, maybe the the league, you know, says, okay, go ahead and throw a lot of money at him. You know, you bring Clarko in, it might help you attract some other, you know, free agents that want to come in because you know, Gold Coast is already on the record saying that they plan on trying to bring in more senior talent than younger talent. Of course, and they've had, they've found themselves in positions where they've had to overpay to bring people in because it's you know it's off the beaten path as far as footy is concerned. Uh, but you know. You know, from everything I've seen, you know, Stuart Dew seems to be a, a pretty genuine, decent guy and, you know, has just had some, I don't want to say bad luck, but, you know, things have happened where the club has taken, you know, two steps forward and sometimes, you know, three steps back and then one step forward and a half step back. And so they've, they've made some progress. I mean, there has been some improvement. They've got a, they've got a, a much better list than they have had. But losing games like they did to the D's, is this going to be something that's going to end up causing him to lose his job? You know, is is a is a Alistair Clarkson or a a Ross Lyon or who you know whoever doesn't get the Collingwood job uh, going to be in in position for that one? Should it open up? And again, and I don't know of any other jobs that could be possibly opening up. I'm not certainly not here speculating on that at all. That's not uh, not anything that I want to be doing here. But it's you know it's been a little disheartening to see gold coast performance over the last um, part of the season here, because they have been a club that, like I said, has been playing some inspired footy in many instances, but then this past week, they just got, they got steamrolled. And I, I feel terrible about that happening for them. But again, you can't, you can't fault the D's. The D's did what they were supposed to do. They did their job. And, uh, it's just a, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting offseason here coming up. Of course, these last three weeks of the season are going to be terrific also because we're going to have people playing leapfrog or clubs playing leapfrog with one another because you have two, four, six. You've got six clubs that are battling for those last two spots in the top eight. And, and I know that West Coast is a game clear, but I, I think that they're still a, they are still a club that is most certainly vulnerable. They are only a game ahead 
of the uh of the rest of the clubs on that list and it's uh let me scroll down to my where I copied and pasted the ladder in here real quickly yeah I mean you know the Eagles are they're at 10 and 9 and they've got a 95.89 percentage now they're they're a game ahead of the Dockers but they they're almost 5 percentage points up on the Dockers so the Dockers if they pull even they're not you know you know, the Dockers are not going to be jumping them at this point in time yet. But the Giants might. The Bombers certainly could if they could win a game or two because the Bombers still have a a percentage that is higher than any of the clubs that are battling for that uh, that position. But they 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 seem to struggle, you know, here and there and everywhere when the time is when the time is important. And then they are they are two games behind um, the Eagles. So they're, they've got a lot of catching up to do two games behind with three games to play. It's not likely they're going to be jumping into the seven spot. So really the only clubs I would argue that, you know, have a legitimate shot. And I guess technically the bombers, the tigers and the blues could possibly get there, but it's not likely because they have two games to get. So they really need West coast to fall flat on their face. And well, they did that this past week, they played, they didn't play a very good and good game against the uh, the Magpies, and you know West Coast finishes up the year with Melbourne, and then Fremantle, and you know some of you might have thought initially, well Fremantle is going to, you know, the game back at Optus, you know Fremantle is going to lose that one, but uh, maybe not, and then they close out the season with Brisbane, and Brisbane may be you know battling to try to get back into that fifth position, uh, to possibly play a you know a home final against a more desirable side should the state open up to allow them to do that. And I guess that's probably not going to happen, but, but you never know. But yeah, West coast has got Melbourne, Fremantle and Brisbane to close out the year. So a real tough run home for them. You know, Fremantle has got Brisbane, Collingwood and St. Kilda. So not as difficult, but again, not easy. Collingwood's playing some inspired footy. You know, they're playing pretty good. They're playing pretty good football right now. So we can't, you know, they're certainly not a, uh, a club that is going to just roll over on them. Okay. You've got GWS who is, you know, sitting a game or half a game, if you will, two points behind the Dockers. You know, GWS, they've got a pretty tough run home. They've got the Cats this weekend. And then they have Richmond and then they have Carlton. So that, you know, there's there's two games right there where they're battling clubs that they're trying to get into the same position that they're hoping to get to. And then you've got the Bombers who are, again, uh, two points behind the Giants. So they are four points off the uh, the Dockers in the eighth spot. They've got the Bulldogs this week. That's going to be, I think, a really good game. It can be a really high-scoring game, quite frankly. And then they've got Gold Coast, and who knows what Gold Coast, Club, Gold Coast Club is going to show up. And then they close out with Collingwood. And then the Richmond Tigers. They have the Ruse this week, which will not be an easy game for them, despite the differences on the ladder because the Ruse have been playing pretty decent footy this year. And I'm going to talk about them here more in just a moment, but then they've got GWS, somebody who else they're battling with. And then they close out with Hawthorne. And you've got to think that uh, the Hawthorne players are going to want to do everything they possibly can to ensure that their coach coaches his last game with the club and walks out of there with a victory. You've got it. Yeah. So that could, that could be a major spoiler situation for Hawthorne. If the Tigers are still in a position where if they, they've got to win in order to get to the eighth spot, they're probably not going to be jumping up into the seventh spot, but they could possibly get into the eighth spot. And then you've got Carlton, who has Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, and GWS. So 
they have a tough run home as well. They've got a couple really tough games there at the end. And, you know, I, you know, I don't know if they, you know, if they play to their potential, if they play the way that their list should play, they could theoretically win all three of those games, but which Carlton club are we going to get? Are we going to get the, the, the uninspired one? Or are we going to get the one that, that goes out there, you know, recently and has started to play some pretty damn good football? Yeah, I, I'm not sure which one we're going to be getting here, but so I'm, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen here over the next couple of weeks. So I want to drive into a couple of stories this week in the news. First thing I wanted to do, though, and I've already touched on one of them, but I'm going to dig into it a little bit more. First thing I want to do, and I, and I neglected to do this last week, is I want to send best wishes to Ben Cunnington, uh, who's having some uh, issues with a rather serious non-footy related illness. Uh, wish him the best of luck. Hope he can hope he can get back out there as soon as he can. I don't know if that's going to be this year or not, but uh, this Yank is certainly thinking about you, sir. And I hope you get back out there healthy as soon as you possibly can to get to, to get on the ground with your uh, with your clubmates here. And of course, then you know the big story that broke. Yeah, and this is one that had gone on for a few weeks since the announcement was made, and you had one person in journalism, Caroline Wilson, and I'll give you a hint if you were listening to if you go back and listen to episode 100. That's the question that I should have gotten right. Uh, you know, he was going to be the caretaker coach, similar to what happened in Essendon last year, uh, and then step aside after the season was done to allow Mitchell, uh, Mitchell to take over for him. Well, he's decided that it, it's a bit of a distraction for him, and he's going to go ahead and leave at the end of this year. Okay, so he's going to step aside at the end of this year. So he's got three games left with the uh, with the Hawks. Now, you know, I wonder what's going to happen here. You know, is it is is he done coaching? Is he, you know, is the Carlton job going to be available next year? The way they're playing here at the end of the season, you know, I don't know if it's fool's gold or not, but uh, the way David Teague's got the club playing, does he deserve another year back there? You know, is the uh, is the Gold Coast job going to be open? You know, is Stuart Dew going to lose his job because of the way the club has played towards the end of the season? Really, the only job that is open right now is the Collingwood job. And I don't know if any other ones besides that are going to be open. You know, is Clarko going to take a year off? Is he going to spend time with his family? And this is the one that this is the thing that made me wonder. You know, I, I ran across an article on the age and I'm going to link to it in the show notes and I couldn't get it to open back up for me because I've. I don't have a subscription with the age and I've, I've looked, I guess I've looked at my requisite number of articles for the day. <clears throat> so it would not reopen for me. And, uh, so I, uh, I had bookmarked it and it was an article that was done back in 2019 and talking about, uh, Alistair Clarkson and his family and how he's able to balance footy and family and that sort of thing. And I was really wondering whether or not he would want to make that move all the way up to another state. Now, you know, he's got kids who are, I think the youngest one is now 17. So I believe that's his son, if I'm not, might be his daughter. I'm not sure. Uh, but he's got an older daughter than uh, another daughter and another and a son. You know, would he want to make the commitment, you know, if if his kids were in college in in Victoria, would he want to make that commitment to be away from them? I, I, I honestly, I don't know. But I, I, I was wondering about whether or not he would want to make that jump to Queensland or, yeah, to Queensland for that position uh, if it were to become available. Now, 
know, Caroline Wilson, who was spot on correct about him stepping aside this year, um, has said that that he would that he will not be getting or taking the Collingwood job. Now, she certainly has you know infinite more you know avenues of insider knowledge than than myself or probably anybody else that's doing a podcast that's not a professional journalist would have. Um, you know, so I I I follow what what I read from from people like herself. So maybe he's not going to be. Uh, coaching this next year. Maybe he takes a year off. Maybe he just goes out and plays golf, you know, hangs out with his kids, work tinkers around in the garden, whatever the case may be. Now, what's interesting is, and I, and I've got a, you know, a couple of other articles about this that I've been linking to. Uh, there was one article from the age by a gentleman by the name of John Pyrrhic. And I'll link to this uh, where he, he states that, you know, that there is actually a position or a situation right now where they are uh, putting together a petition to try to remove the team president, Jeff Kennett, from his position. Because whether you're a Hawthorne supporter or not, and I know many of you abhor Hawthorne. You, you don't care for them. You don't like them because of who they are. And, I, and I'm told as a cat supporter that I'm not supposed to like Hawthorne. Well, I'm sorry to my fellow cat supporters. I, I, just, I just don't feel that way. I don't feel that way about any club. I do like to mock clubs from time to time, but I don't feel that way about any club. Okay. But he has said um, that he, uh, the, oh, that in the article, it said that you know that Kenneth's op- opponents are actually looking at the club documentation to find out whether or not there is a way to remove him from the presidency, um, even if he doesn't want to. As it says here in what is known as Clause Six Point One, it states that the club, by resolution, can remove a director or a president, but just what the club means in terms of club directors and members is a point of debate. So is this a group of the, all the people who are members and bought memberships at the club? And I guess if you're somebody who wants to get Jeff, Jeff Kennett out of there, maybe you're going to be rushing off to buy your Hawthorne membership right now. So you can have a, a voting interest in that, I guess. But, uh, you know, I just, I, I, it's unfortunate when, you know, when you've got, you know, you've got somebody who is a legend like that as a coach, you know, who should be able to, coach as long as he decides he wants to because you know let, let's be honest here you know Hawthorne kind of entered a rebuilding mode this year but they only sort of did it you know I think I think the argument could be made that on paper North Melbourne is probably closer to playing finals than Hawthorne is right now okay because by the time the, the lists get you know back to where they need to be, you know, the Hawthorne list is going to be significantly older and the, the, the Melbourne list is, or the North Melbourne list is going to be just, you know, rounding into form. You know, so are they, are they going to then have, you know, Mitchell take over and do the, the tear down, you know, cut uh, or delist a dozen players like North Melbourne did uh, this past off season? You know, because it, it has basically, it's helped to jumpstart their, their rebound. And you know, you wonder whether or not Hawthorne should have done that from the get-go. But I, but I guess, in a way, and I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, they didn't, uh, they didn't want to necessarily do that to uh, Alistair Clarkson in terms of having you know, the 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 big tear down like that in order to rebuild the list. So, you know, second article that you know, that I uh, that I, I linked to here in the uh, in the show notes. 
uh, from a Fox Sports article uh, written by Ben Cotton. And it says here that, uh, quote, a defiant candidate told reporters during Friday's press conference that he and the club had not misled members with their messaging in recent weeks. He said, no, I don't think we misled members. We've done what we thought was the best thing. We thought it would work. As it turned out, it caused a lot of confusion. No one is perfect. I accept responsibility for that. And we adjust. And, well, he may have to accept responsibility for it because it sure sounds like there are some people that are out there after his head. And this is the one where they've mentioned that there is a uh, a petition up on that change.org website to have him removed as the uh, the president of the club. Now, again, I, that change website doesn't – it's not binding or anything like that. It's just it's – an, it's an avenue for a lot of people who are – well, to put it you know, one way, they're all pissed off about something and they want to find other people who are pissed off about it as well. Okay. And uh, yes, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I just, uh, yeah, put, it put, put Sam Mitchell in a really bad spot. It certainly put Clarko in a bad spot, but then, you know, he was able to say, and there, it sounds like they're actually going to pay his contract for next year, even though he's not going to be there. You know, he's able to say, you know what, I'm going to step aside and I'll, uh, I will go ahead and uh, go do my thing somewhere else, or I'll just you know go hang out and wait on grandkids, or I'll go hang out and watch you know take my kids out you know at college out to lunch during the course of their school day and you know go sit at the cafe and have a coffee and uh you know and a cheese sandwich or something like that. But it's it's just it's it's unfortunate, and you know I and and uh, you know I know that uh, um you know Canada's uh is very, I don't want to say stubborn, but he, he certainly has a, a very serious opinion about things. And is and I'd love to hear from you, you know, if you want to shoot me an email about this or reach out to me on my Twitter uh, at yank underscore on, is, is Jeff Kennett somebody who believes that he is, uh, that he's never wrong about things? Is this something where he, you know, he believes that, you know, that he made the right decision and yes, he said he took responsibility for it, but is he really doing that or is this just a, you know, let's just get past this day and let's get to tomorrow. And let's get the, the 2021 fixture over with so we can start building for, for next year and get, you know, out with the old and in with the new, which who knows he might become the old. You never know in that situation, but yeah, it's just, it's just a really, um, it's a really strange, strange series of events there. Um, and I, you know, and I wish Alistair Clarkson well, um, wherever he goes, because he is a, he is a phenomenal coach. He's been, you know, he's been one of the leaders in the coaching ranks in this, in this competition for close to 20 years, the longest serving coach with any club right now in, in the present. And I'd have to go back and look and see who would be the next on that list. You know, I, I, I would have to think that Chris Scott would be up there. Uh, the Damian Hardwick would be up there. I think Adam Simpson might be up there as well. Um, but I'd have to go and look at uh, some of the other. Uh, I'd have to look at the numbers and see who's been there longest. Because I know that that um, Scott was Scott's been there for a, about a decade with the Cats, and I don't know if if Hardwick has been there longer just because I wasn't following the game back then. Same thing with Adam Simpson. I'm not, I don't recall how far back he goes with the club either. So now. A uh, couple other little news items here before uh, before I wrap up here for this evening. Um, Chris Mayne announced that he's going to go ahead and step away from the Magpies at the end of the season. Now, he did state 
that he plans on playing, uh, still continue to play footy, but at a at a lower level because he don't he he basically what it, it sounded is that he doesn't feel like he can play at this high level anymore. I know I've seen Harry Harry Taylor playing in uh, a more localized footy league, I think, out in uh, West Australia since he's left the Cats. So I think Chris Maine's going to do that same sort of thing. He was the number 40 pick of the 2007 draft from the Dockers. You know, he's played 245 games thus far, so he's going to be, you know, coming up just short of 250 for his career. 207 goals now. I think only like 11 of those goals have been since he joined the Magpies because with the Dockers, he was at 20, 30, 35. I think his high number of goals was 39 goals for his career with the Dockers. But he he definitely transitioned, uh, you know, his responsibilities when he came to um, Collingwood, and I believe he's only kicked either nine or eleven goals in his time with the Magpies. So, you know, Chris Mann, you you've been a great representative of the Magpies. You've been a great representative of footy. I, I wish you best going forward. I hope you find a, a, your niche in uh, in footy as you step away from the AFL. Wish you best of luck. And the one thing I mentioned last week uh, with regards to. Um, one of the news items, yeah, you know, we saw uh, one of the players get dinged up during the course of one of the games, and I asked the question, was this the last time that we saw this player in a game? Well, it turns out that that's probably not the case because Eddie Betts, it sounds like, is about to sign another one-year deal with the Blues to play again in 2022. Now, he's been dinged up. He's been nicked up during the course of the year, but I, th- I think he maybe wants to try to go out on his own, uh, maybe get you know carried off the ground that final game. And again, I'm not saying he's being presumptuous like that at all, but it's it's kind of a real downer to end the game where you're on the sideline or you're on the injury list. So hopefully he uh, you know is able to have a relatively healthy season next year. Um, it was it's great to see him get to go back to the Blues again because you know, I I don't think if I don't think if he had gotten an offer from the Blues or if he didn't get an offer from a Victorian club at the end of this year, I I don't know if he would have. Uh, tried to play somewhere else because, you know, having watched his, you know, his family, his wonderful family during the uh, making their Mark film, I I don't know if he would want to put himself in a position where he was away from them like he was last year. So it's great to see him uh, being able to, you know, kind of go out on his own terms, if you will. Now, one little tidbit here that I wanted to, uh, to, ask you about here and this is this is a one of the voicemails that i received uh, earlier today from harper from the where do we begin podcast and and i talked to harper and interviewed him on an episode last week uh maybe the week before actually on their uh their tokyo daily episodes and if you're not if you're if you're into the olympics if you're following the the australian olympic team and they're having a fantastic game set of games here with all the different athletes but he and his partner are doing um episodes every single day related to the Australian athletes at the uh, Olympic games. They're interviewing, um, they're interviewing different reporters who are in Tokyo or who are involved in the games or have some inside knowledge, that type of thing. They did uh, interviews with about a dozen athletes before they headed off to the games. So if you get a chance to check that out, um, I hope you'll consider doing that. Now this is the, the uh, um, piece that Harper sent to me this morning. It's only about 30 seconds long. Hey, Craig, hope you're well, mate, with the Olympics being on at the moment. I've got a question for you and all the listeners. So this has been an interesting one. So let's just say there's a new nation and they're competing at the Olympics. This nation is called Australian Rules Football and you can get any player, past or present, 
to represent this new nation of Australian rules football at a particular sport. So what players are you choosing and what sports are they competing in at these slightly different Olympics? Okay, that does it automatically there. Uh, that's an interesting question. It's one of those uh, little abstract questions there. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So you know, drop me a note on uh, Twitter, yank underscore on, or shoot me a note on uh, my email, yankinthefootygmail.com. I have a couple of them, okay? I jotted down a couple. I thought Liam Ryan, certainly in the high jump, um, could do that. And there's one of those more obscure events in the Olympics, the 50-kilometer race walking. And I think one of the sports bets ads does that with a, uh, a lady who I saw a commercial where she's coming around the corner and the last competitor slips and falls with a bad foot. I think Ben Brown could be a gold medalist in the 50-kilometer race walking. I mean, he already does about, what, 48 and a half kilometers on his run-ups for each each goal kick? You know, it's been a long you know joke that I've had that every time he you know sets, takes a, a set shot, I run out on my front porch to wave because he runs by the house as he's getting ready to take the kick. So I think Ben Brown uh, with the 50-kilometer race walking would be a, a, a fantastic uh, choice for one of those people. So, you know, sh- like I said, shoot me a note on uh, yankonthefootygmail.com or drop me a message, you know, on, uh, on Twitter at yank underscore on. You can even leave me a voicemail on my website at yankonthefooty.com. Leave me a voicemail telling me what uh, what athlete – could participate in what event i'd love to hear some of your answers on that and i'll show i'll share those on a uh on an upcoming episode okay i'm i think that's a great idea if you, if you were to do that so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up for today folks i invite you to take a look at the podcast website a yank on the where you'll find everything related to the podcast you can leave a review there as i mentioned you can leave a voicemail uh, of any kind, which I'll bring into future episodes. You can also uh, get on the mailing list there as well. You can leave a review, as I mentioned to you as well. That'd be fantastic to help out the show there. Remember, you can also reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com, as well as yank underscore on on Twitter, or to yankonthefooty on either Instagram or Facebook. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. If you want to help out the show, you can go to the Buy Me a Coffee page, which is on my website. Uh, that helps to defray some of the cost of, of running the podcast and getting the uh, the show out onto the different uh, platforms there, uh, covering the hosting costs, things of that nature. be a huge help if you want to help out. If you don't want to, that's okay. But if you do, I certainly would appreciate it. It'd be absolutely terrific of you. You can also check out my website, uh, or excuse me, my Redbubble page. I've got a few designs up there. Got a couple more that are coming in the pipeline. Just waiting to finalize those and folks look out for one another take care of each other we are still in the midst of you know this ugly ugly virus the lockdowns are still out there it sounds like more and more people are getting opportunities to get the vaccine if they choose to do so if you do that i hope it goes well for you if you don't i hope that you stay safe and you take the precautions that you need to help ensure that you avoid uh, picking up this virus this is a uh, a rather interesting time that we have in the world here. All sorts of different things uh, going on related to this. And just look out for each other, okay? Get on the phone. Give people the call. Get on, uh, you know, Facebook, you know, 
FaceTime or whatever the case may be, hop onto a Zoom call that you can do for free and talk to somebody. Reach out to them. Check up on them. Make sure that they know that you're okay and it'll help your peace of mind to make sure that they are okay as well. So looking forward to uh, this week's games. I'll be heading again down to Cincinnati, Ohio to watch uh, hopefully four or five uh, games in the USAFL in the regional tournament for this part of the country. Very excited about that. It should be a lot of fun. I'll be bringing you some interviews from that, I hope. Uh, and we'll we'll see what goes on with that. But it's going to be a, a fun week uh, in Cincinnati that I'm going to go down and visit my daughter for a couple of days. I think I might have mentioned that earlier. But uh, this is going to kind of be my vacation for the summer. And then when I get back, it's off to uh, off back off to work. Then I've got announcing gigs within a couple of days and when we come back. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to give a uh, an apology to uh, Chris Hickey. Uh, Chris came on the show just as I was wrapping up this evening, and we had some significant interference and some feedback and things of that nature. So I had to cl- clip off that part of the discussion. I love talking to Chris, but uh, it sounded like he was in a, a wind tunnel having a bag of potato chips tonight. So it didn't quite work out, so I did have to edit that part out. We'll get you back on, Chris. I do want to talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic week. It's round 21. We've got some meaningful football for a lot of clubs being played yet over the next three weeks. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later.